the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He moves us. He, he motivates us. And he gives us opportunity. But if we don't move, then nothing happens. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Today, we're picking up in part two of our message titled, Failing to Remember, where Elijah did not come out to greet Naaman. Let's jump right in. Isn't that what we're looking for? The special treatment? The special thing? The prophet that comes out and and waves his hand. No, Elisha didn't even come downstairs to greet him. So Naaman left, enraged. I'm out of here. See ya. And then his servant said, "Uh, excuse me, boss. Yeah, what do you want? Uh, I know I'm just here to, you know, carry your saddle, you know, but... uh, if this guy would have asked you to do some noble thing, would you not have went out and did some noble thing? Go conquer the city over here. Okay, I'll go conquer it and come back from my healing because I deserve it. Why don't you just do what he said? Oh, that's a novel thought. Why don't you just do what God said? Hmm. So he goes down to the Jordan River. Now, those of you that have traveled to Israel with me, Regina, you were there. It's like you get into the Jordan River and it's kind of like, has anyone done a bacteria test on this water here? <laughs> it's like, it's all kind of scummy looking and, you know, it's just, you know, it's just, uh. and the whole time that you're baptizing, there's this little fish there and they come and eat at your feet, you know, and they're just like, oh yeah, mm, uh, mm, you know, and they're just chewing on you the whole time. So uh, it's not a pleasant place. So he's like going down to the Jordan River he has to start taking his armor off. As he's taking his armor off, his men know that he's sick. You know, the boss is sick. You know, man, we followed him in war. He's got like the SEAL team with him. It's the, the army rangers, you know, they're all together with him. Like, yeah, we're, we're here with you. They've never probably seen him with his armor off. So he's taking everything off. And all of a sudden, he's just an old, sick, frail man. Because that's the reality. You're nothing like you used to be in your prime. You're an old guy now, you got leprosy, and it's eating you alive. And I could see all of his men like, whoa, knew the boss was sick, but whoa. Stand back a little bit more, how's it going? And and he gets in the water, and he dunks down, he comes up, dunks down, he comes up, dunks down. Like, he could probably thinking like, I look like an idiot. Five, six, nothing. I'm dunking up and down. And then he comes up on the seventh time. And the Bible says that his skin was transformed to the skin of a baby. (laughs) Completely healed. What is the point? The point is he did what God told him to do. You know, God never gives us the blueprint. You know, the 
Oh, here's what's happening. You're here right now in December, or almost December, the end of November. This is what I've got planned for you for the next six months. Here's the thing. No, no. Here's the plan, because God has the blueprint. He gives you an eighth inch of it. That's it. Like, wait, wait, I want the whole plan. No, no, no. You have to take the first step. Then he gives you the next eighth inch. And it's like, are you willing to walk by faith? Are you willing to do what God calls you to do? I wonder how many times God has spoken to our hearts to do something, to speak to another person, to invite someone, and we didn't do it. And because we were not willing to step out in faith, therefore, nothing happened. Nothing happened. See, it's like God moves in our heart. He moves us. He, he motivates us, and he gives us opportunity. But if we don't move, then nothing happens. Which brings up our point, stopping to praise. Let's read what happens next here in Luke 17, picking up in verse 15. It says, now one of them, remember there was 10 that were told to go. They're all going. The Bible already told us he healed them all when he saw that he had been healed. Like, oh my goodness, could you imagine? You, you got leprosy all over your hands and everything. Your, your fingers are falling off. And all of a sudden, man, my hands are completely restored. And he turned back, glorifying God. Notice, with a loud voice. Whoa, Jesus, Jesus. Whoa, whoa look at me, look at me. Okay, loud voice, verse 16. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Wow. Wow. One of the lepers, realizing he's been healed, he comes back glorifying God. He fell on his face, thanking Jesus. Notice the progression. First, he was crying out for help. Most of us know how to do that, right? Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Then Jesus simply said, Go to the priest. Again, if none of them would have moved, then nothing would have happened. But by faith, they all took off. And because of that, they were all healed. But then when the miraculous happened and the leprosy, the skin-eating bacteria was taken away, they were cleansed right in front of their very eyes and they were healed. Well, nine out of the 10 kept going to show themselves to the priests, to be deemed healed so they could be restored to to their culture, to their society. More importantly, to be restored to their families. But this one man, he stopped. He stopped in his shock, in his amazement. And he immediately turns around and starts screaming and goes running back to Jesus, falls in total worship and adoration at his feet. He was glorifying God. He couldn't believe it. All those years of being ostracized, all those years of being abandoned by society, by his own family, his own loved ones. How desperate this man must have been for love in his life. How he must have longed to be accepted in in just life in general again. To have the embrace of another person around him. Now, all he could do is just fall on his face at Jesus' feet. This is a universal sign of, 
of surrender and thanksgiving and praise. For he had no earthly gift to give the Lord. What did he have? He had nothing. He lost everything. So he brought the only thing that he had. He brought his own praise, his own worship to the Lord's feet, wrapped with a thankful heart. He must have cried out the words of Psalm 103. Listen to Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and I will forget none of his benefits. Who has pardoned me of my iniquities? Who has healed me of my disease? Who has redeemed my life from the pit? Who has crowned me with loving kindness and compassion? Who satisfies my years with good things so that my youth is renewed like an eagle? Wow. Could you imagine how thankful this man was? Like, man, I'm on a one-way ticket to hell. My body's falling apart. I'm dying a slow death. And all of a sudden, I'm healed. I wonder when was the last time that we just fell on our face before the Lord and we didn't come out with our laundry list of more wants and desires. Oh, yes, Lord, I come before you. Thank you so much. And Lord, I just really need this and this and this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that but rather just a heart of thankfulness. Oh God, I'm just coming before you. I don't want anything. I just want to thank you. I just want to praise you. It's something to consider. First here, we looked at our first point, crying for mercy. We've all cried that prayer of mercy. Oh God, oh, have mercy on me. Forgive me for what I've done. We've all, we've all done that. Then we just looked at stopping to praise or how we must just stop and come to the Lord at times just with a heart of gratitude for all that he's done for us. But it brings us now to our final point, loving the forsaken. Let's look again here in Luke 17, verse 17. And it says, then Jesus answered and said, were there not 10 cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Where, where's the other nine? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, this Samaritan? It almost leads you to believe that the other nine were just Jews. But no, the foreigner came back, the Samaritan came back, and he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has made you well. Wow. Amen. So here we have the Samaritan, the dog, the man forsaken by society, kicked to the curb. But yet, where do we find him now? Fallen at the feet of Jesus. And the Lord says, where are the other nine? Jesus wondered how could these other men that had been defiled by this flesh-eating bacteria who have been a reproach to society, who have been looked down and kicked in life, not stop and at least say, thank you. Yet that's exactly what happened. Only one out of the ten stopped and came back, falling on his face to give thanks. 
Well, before we get too critical of the other nine, we have to turn it around and ask ourselves, what do we spend more time doing? Here's a question. Don't raise your hand. Number one, do you spend more time complaining about what we don't have? Or number two, do you spend more time thanking and praising God for what you do have? Consider all the blessings we take for granted, like life itself. We're all alive today. The air we breathe, the hearts beating in our chest, the food we eat, maybe not what exactly you want to eat. It's not filet mignon, but it's food. The place where we sleep, maybe it's not a $2,000 bed. Maybe it's an air mattress, 12 bucks at Walmart. I've slept on those quite a bit. The glory of God's creation. What about that? What we're surrounded by, a flower that blooms, a bird that flies. I was talking to a guy the other day in a Hummingbird just comes up right before us and just gone. And I was just like, look at that thing. Isn't that amazing? Ah, hummingbird. The sun that rises every morning. I was coming to church this morning and the sun was blazing and I pulled my visor down because the sun was so bright. I'm like, wow, look at that sunrise. There's so much to be thankful for. Yet many overlook these blessings. We just take them for granted. We're quick to embrace the gift. But why do we so often forget the giver of the gift? We're so quick to pray, yet so slow to praise. This holiday season, let's not allow our wants and desires, all the things that we don't have to overshadow what we do have. Let's not underestimate our daily blessings. Let's never forget to thank the God of heaven who supplies all of our needs. I wonder if there are any among us who need to move from living on grumble and complain drive to thankful street. Just a suggestion. That move could do us all well. Yes, we should never be named amongst the other nine. Rather, let us sing out as it says in Psalm 107. I was so moved by this psalm during Thanksgiving. It just moved me just all over again. He says in Psalm 107 verse 1, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. How about that? He's good. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I've been redeemed by the Lord, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. I was in the clutches of the devil. I did everything he wanted me to do, and I was miserable. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And what are we redeemed from in case you have forgotten? We, like the 10 men that were filled with leprosy, though we might not have leprosy, we all are destined to die. 
And we all have the life-threatening disease that's known as sin. This holiday season, let us draw close to the glorious Father. Let us fall to our knees in praise of him like this Samaritan man did. And notice what Jesus said in verse 19. Rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. God, this holiday season, we need to rise and go. Every one of us as believers need to rise and go. We are living in such critical times. Our country is just going down a hellhole right now. Are we not seeing it? I mean, it's just like, oh, bail reform and bail this and bail that and start, you know, prison reform and all of this. And so, yes, if we give everyone everything for free, it's like they'll get better. No, crime is going off the hooks and everything is just spinning out of control. And one side of the government is all thinking, oh, it's all fine. Everything's good. Get over it. Okay. But the good news is this is the holiday season. This is the blessed season of the year. And what do we see? All the signs in the mall will say love and hope and joy. How many people have a lot of hope and joy right now? But we should as believers because our hope is not in us. Our hope is in the Lord. Jesus is the only one that can give real hope. And we have that message in our heart. Hope that our sin can be forgiven. Hope that our guilt and shame can be cleansed away. Hope that we can all go to heaven one day. And for the here and now, we have the hope that no matter what happens in our world, no matter how bad it gets, and it's going to get worse, that God was never going to leave us or forsake us. He will walk with us to the day the trumpet blows and the rapture of the church happens. I entitled this message, Failing to Remember. Will you remember to give thanks for all that you have instead of all that you don't have? Will you remember that these holidays are a reminder of the hope that God has given to humanity? That there was a baby born? The baby born was the savior of all mankind? See, everywhere you go now, what are you hearing from people? I've been having to make phone calls and what have you. And, and, you know, people are saying, oh, happy holidays. And I'm like, and I immediately, and I've already done this three times now. I'm like, "Uh, excuse me, it's not a happy holiday. It's Merry Christmas because Jesus Christ came to the earth to die for the sin of all humanity. And And there's just like a silence on the phone, you know. Uh, And uh, two out of the three said, you know what? You're right. It's a Merry Christmas. So let us be that reminder. Every happy holiday, you turn it around. No, this is a Merry Christmas. This is a celebration of Christ. He was born as the Savior of the world. It's like we need to be the voice of reason in the midst of this world that has lost all reason. Yes, God wants us to take advantage of this Christmas season. And for those of you that have never attended one of our Christmas Eve services, we go big. And we have two Christmas Eve services. See, what day is that on? Mm, Christmas Eve. (laughs) Pretty easy to remember. 
and we're going to have two services. Again, this is where people like most people that wouldn't go to church, they might consider it two times a year. It's the Christmas and Easter people that will might make it to church on Christmas or Easter. So we need to be those voices of inviting. Amen? Well, now as we transition from this message, because this message is one on Thanksgiving, right? Not Thanksgiving the turkey, Thanksgiving to God for his loving kindness towards us. And we want to remember him now because that baby that was born in the manger didn't stay a baby. He grew up to redeem all of humanity back to himself. See, I have this saying, there's a God in heaven that loves you. I use it all the time. It's my opening to almost everybody I come in contact with. And it just sounds wonderful. There's a God in heaven that loves you. And people are like, yes, I'm so wonderful. God must love me. And it's like you cannot appreciate that statement until you understand the other side of that statement. The other side of that statement is all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That not one human being on the planet will go to heaven in their own good works. No one. Whether someone just has a little bit of sin, because we all know nice people, right? Good people, good caring people. If they don't know Christ as their Savior, they cannot go to heaven because sin cannot stand before God. All have sinned and all have come short of the glory of God. God says, it's not that my hand is short that I can't reach you. It's not that your, my ear is dull that I can't hear you, but your sin has made a separation between you and me. So yes, God loves us, but until we embrace him, until we receive the love that he offers us, we don't have that love. It's, we don't have it and we're not going to heaven. Doesn't matter how much you recycle, doesn't matter how much you're a good person, doesn't matter how much time you spend in the food line helping serve those uh, on Thanksgiving a, a meal downtown to the homeless, it doesn't matter. Those are all good deeds, and I'm glad you do them, but it doesn't get you to heaven. We have to come to God on His terms. God, I have sinned. I have sinned. I have done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. And at that point, that's when the God of heaven reaches in and says, come unto me and I will restore you. I will redeem you. I will buy you back. And I will give you eternal life and I will forgive you of your sin. That's what Jesus did. That's how nasty our sin is. It took God himself to come down, live as a man and be brutally beaten and murdered for us as a human sacrifice. The old covenant was established with animal blood and animal sacrifices. But what did God say in Jeremiah 31, 31? I'm going to have a new covenant. Why? Because the covenant that I made with Moses through the law of God, through the Pentateuch, the Torah, you didn't keep it. There's not enough animals to sacrifice for all of our sin. So I'm going to have a new covenant. And a new covenant is dipped in God's blood as he shed his blood on the cross for us. That's what communion's about. This is what Thanksgiving started as in our country. To give praise and glory to Almighty God. Amen. 
that's all the time we have for today's message. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA one word, that's Core Church LA, to 77977. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Hey, ever want to go to the Holy Land? How about going with Pastor Steve Welburn? Just want to let everyone know we're going to Israel in 2024. That's in May of 2024. So here we are several months away. Gives you time to really plan for it. But we only have a few spots left. So I encourage you, if you've been wanting to go to Israel, you've been wanting to walk in the Holy Land yourself. You know, look, as soon as we get off the plane in Tel Aviv, guess what? We're going to go to Joppa. That's where Jonah jumped on the ship to go the wrong way. If you've ever wanted to go to the Holy Land, it's a trip of a lifetime. So why don't you come with me? Now, it will require you to hang out with me for 11 days, but hey, there you go. I encourage you to go to our website, corechurchla.org, and check it out. Get signed up and go to Israel with me. May of 2024, tour the Holy Land with Pastor Steve Wilburn. For more information, corechurchla.org. CourtChurchLA.org. For today's core truth, we are starting a message titled Failing to Remember. Let's jump right in. Today, we have a special message titled Failing to Remember. Let's jump right in. Today, we're picking up in part two of our message titled, Failing to Remember, where Elijah did not come out to greet Naaman. Hmm. Today, we're picking up in part two of our message titled, Failing to Remember, right where Elijah... Today, we're picking up in part two of our message titled, Failing to Remember, where Elijah did not come out to greet Naaman. Here we are picking up in part two of our message titled Failing to Remember, where Elijah did not come out to greet Naaman. Today, we're picking up in part two of our message titled Failing to Remember, where Elijah did not come out to greet Naaman. Let's jump right in. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.